What's up, you guys? It's the second episode of Has Sports. This is Trevor Hazlitt, and I will be trying to talk a lot more about baseball today because spring training is starting this week. So, as always, I'm going to start with the Colorado Rockies. They did re-sign Mark Reynolds. They needed that veteran presence in the locker room. He did play with them in 2016 and 2017. He was a very good offensive threat. He played really well with the Rockies in those two years, and they decided to bring him back for the 2019 campaign. He was with the Nationals last year, had a really good year. Not a great year because he did sign with them as a minor league free agent, got called up. But he did sign with the Rockies also as a minor league free agent. They needed more depth at that position. That's why they signed him. He should get some playing time this year just with the young group that the Rockies have right now at the big league level and I hope that he has good future with them this year. Also the Rockies made a very big deal move. They needed to sign Nolan to another year because he was in that arbitration stage and the Yankees were trying to get him from the Rockies. Rockies really like him. So what I've heard so far is that he signed for a record deal. It was one year, it was $26 million. That is the most money a player will ever get paid for one year. He is also talking right now with the Rockies front office about getting a record deal extension. It's gonna be roughly around 300 mil, probably seven to eight years, and meaning he'll play another eight, ish years with the Rockies make 300 mil in those eight years that equals out to probably around 32 33 mil a year which is insane amount to think of starting the 11th of February baseball is back spring training is starting pitchers and catchers report there are two teams that have their pitchers and catchers report on Monday, one team that has them report on Tuesday, and the rest of the MLB has theirs report on Wednesday or Thursday, and that means that we have six straight months of baseball, best time of the year. Okay, now I'm going to talk about some teams that I personally think will surprise a lot of people this year in the MLB. The first team I want to talk about is the White Sox. They have a very young team. Their core is solid. They have a very good pitching staff. They have a couple dudes in their minor league system, like Eloy Jimenez, who is just an absolute stud. He's a very good power hitter. So I think they have a chance of running with some of the big teams in the AL Central, like the Indians. The Twins are also a very good team that has a chance. The next team I'm going to talk about is the San Diego Padres. They are in the running to get Bryce Harper. Hopefully he signs before spring training starts, and that's always the hope for big-name players like that. The Padres do have one of the best farm systems in baseball. They have the number 2 prospect, the number 10 prospect, number 11 prospect. They have all those pieces that they need if they can produce at the major league level. I think the Padres will be able to hang with some of the teams in the West, like the Rockies and the Dodgers. The next team I'm going to talk about 
is the Oakland A's last year. They had a very surprisingly good year. Won about 91, 92 games. Not many people thought they would be that good because they don't have any big names on their team. But some of their players really had good years last year, which made them stand out over the course of the 2018 campaign. The A's definitely are a team that could possibly make the playoffs this year as a wild card team. I don't think they'll beat the Astros. The Astros were really good last year. They did get better this year when they signed Michael Brantley, a couple other players. Uh, the next team I'm going to talk about is definitely the Mets. The Mets have made some very big moves. They got Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz from the Mariners this year. They have signed a couple players. It's They're in the win-now mentality, and the Mets are trying to run with the Braves to get that NL East crown. The Mets haven't won very much in the last couple years, and they're trying to repeat that early success from the 2000s. The next team I'm going to talk about is the Tampa Bay Rays. They had a very good year last year. They won 90 games. Not many people thought they would because they had one of the weirdest pitching staffs in baseball. They had two actual starters on their rotation, and then the rest were relief pitchers that they had start, throw like three innings, and then the rest of the game they had probably about six or seven pitchers throw, which I personally don't like because I think that is not smart for your bullpen to be pitching that much during the regular season, but it worked for them. They didn't make the playoffs because the AL is stacked, but I think if they make a couple trades, get a couple more pieces, maybe another big-time starter, I do think that the Rays will be able to compete with the Yankees and the Red Sox in the East. Okay, now I'm going to talk about some players I think are going to have very big years. These players, in my mind, the four of them, they had very good years last year. I think they will have even better years this year. Mike Trout, best player in baseball. No question about it. And I honestly think he could go down as the best player that's ever lived in a couple years. Mike Trout has had MVP caliber seasons. Every single year since he came into the big leagues, he's finished top five, top three even, in the MVP in the last like six, seven years. He's been in the league for six years. So I think he'll definitely have a good year again. He'll probably win it all this year just because he is getting better and better every single year, which is crazy to think that the best player in baseball is having better years throughout his career. The next player I'm going to talk about is Trevor Story from the Colorado Rockies. Trevor Story had a very good year last year. He was Silver Slugger. I think he got robbed of Gold Glove. One of the best defensive players in baseball, not just the NL. He is a shortstop that has a cannon for an arm. He's a very fast baseball player. He's a very smooth fielder. He's also a power threat. He had a home run that was the farthest home run hit in all of baseball at 505 feet, which is a insane number to think of. He is in for me personally. I think he'll probably hit around 40 homers, have about 30 steals, 
probably hit around 300. I think if he has better numbers than what I predict, I think he could be in that MVP running, even though he is in Colorado and they do put that course field effect in there. Next player I think is going to have a big year is Scooter Jeanette from the Cincinnati Reds. He's one of my favorite players just because he's 5'10", 190, so he's not a very big dude, but he is a workhorse. That guy puts more work in. I follow him on Instagram. I see all his workout videos and stuff. He trains harder than anybody I've seen. This guy is just trying to make a name in the big leagues, and he's catching the attention of a lot of people, including myself. Next player I think is going to have a big year is Jake Lamb from the Arizona Diamondbacks. They traded away Paul Goldschmidt, who was the face of their team. Now they're looking for somebody to fill that, and I think Jake Lamb will be able to. He's had a couple good years in his big league career. He averages around 20-ish, 25 home runs a year. Jake Lamb, I think, will probably put up about 35 homers, maybe around 110 RBIs. He'll probably hit around 380, 390. He'll have a good year. I think he'll carry that Diamondbacks lineup, and I think he could be in the running for a silver slugger. Most likely he won't, but he could get that comeback player of the year. So one thing that popped up on my feed a couple days ago is the thing I've seen called the universal DH rule in baseball. Basically what that, that is saying is it wants to make American League and National League teams have to use a DH, which means no pitchers will be allowed to hit. I personally hate this rule. I think the National League is cool when they have the pitchers hit because some pitchers aren't good at hitting and it's so funny to watch but some pitchers are really good at hitting and it's really cool to see a pitcher hit a home run hit that two-run double anything like that that pumps the crowd up because they're like man that was the pitcher that hit that but no all the MLB wants to do is make it another DH so where Teams have to spend that extra $10 million a year to get that big-name hitter that can't field. That's the that's what the MLB wants to do. The Rockies, they would have to sign some guy that plays first base or right field but can't really play the field. All he does is hit home runs, drive-in runs, and the Rockies would have to spend another ten grand or ten mil actually, on a player of that caliber. And personally, I just don't like it because I personally like the AL having the DH, the NL having the pitchers hit, and that's just my opinion on that. So on last time's episode, I talked about stadiums I personally think are so cool. But this week, I'm going to kind of get a little worse, and I think I'm going to talk about stadiums that I personally don't like whatsoever. My least favorite stadium in all of baseball is definitely Dodger Stadium. I think it's old. There's no fun around it. It's, well, one, it's the Dodgers, and I don't like the Dodgers whatsoever. Um, I think that if they added a couple cool renovations to it, I think it would be a little better, but it's way too old. It's 1960s. There's not much around it. 
it's just a circular field. There's really no room for anything. So that's probably my least favorite stadium. My second least favorite stadium in all of baseball is probably Comerica Park where the Detroit Tigers play. It's a very big field. It's like 420 feet to center. It's 360 and down the lines. It's way too big. I think if they made it smaller, it'd probably be a little better because there'd be a lot more action, but it's mostly a pitcher's park. And I'm, I'm a hitter, so I personally don't like pitcher's parks that much. Uh, I would say probably my third and final stadium that I personally don't like at all just because of where it is and why they made the stadium. Um, I think that the Blue Jays have probably one of the worst stadiums. It's a big dome. It's just circular. It's weird because it's all turf and it's like three stories there's a huge outfield fence I personally just don't like it that much I think if they made the fence smaller I think if they added a new outfield to make it where it's more of a diamond instead of a circle I think it would probably have more attraction to it but that's just my opinion some free agency news that came out recently. Bryce Harper, he's meeting with the San Francisco Giants as well as the Philadelphia Phillies, the San Diego Padres, the White Sox, the Nationals. That isn't really anything. He hasn't gotten offered any contracts, so I don't think he's going to be signing anytime soon. But one player who is a big-name guy that has recently been offered a contract is Manny Machado. I read that he was offered a $220 million deal and it's worth, or its length is about six to seven years, maybe even eight, I'm not sure, but it is by the New York Yankees. They are trying to stack their team. They are in the win it all or don't win it at all mentality. They are trying to sign him. I have seen a couple other moves. There's been a couple pitchers who have signed, not many big-name ones. Dallas Keuchel, he's still out there. Keg, Craig Kimbrell, I'm sorry, he's still out there. It's just, it's getting annoying. I want to see these big-name guys sign before spring training starts, but I personally don't think it's going to happen. And if anybody that listens to my podcast is a baseball fan, I highly recommend trying to get to opening day. Opening day is the best day of the year. I don't care what anybody says. Actually, I would probably put it second just behind the 4th of July. Best holiday. Anyways, opening day is an experience that you will never forget. It's a lot of fun. There's parades. Everybody's excited. Baseball season is starting. It's basically the new season. It's a fresh start to whatever happened the year before. If you had a bad year, you get a chance to restart and have a good year. If you had a good year, it's a chance to restart and have an even better year, and so on and so forth. It's the best day you will ever experience if you like baseball. If you don't like baseball, 
I recommend just going to a normal game, not opening day, probably not your thing. I went to opening day a couple years ago, and it was one of the best times of my life. I will never forget it. I just recommend you try to fall in love with the sport of baseball. It's so much fun to watch and focus on and pay attention to. Opening day is the best day you will ever experience if you end up liking baseball. Also, go to as many games as you can. It's the best experience you'll ever have. Watching baseball live is so much better than watching it on TV. February 3rd, Sunday, last week, the Super Bowl was played. It was Super Bowl 53. It was the Patriots and the Rams. Probably the most boring game I've ever seen in my life. It was 3 to nothing at halftime, 3 to 3 going into the fourth. It was a very boring game. Tom Brady, got it. Gotta respect the man. I don't like him, but I know that he's the best quarterback that's ever lived. He did everything he had to, led his team to a touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. Let him down the field, kicked a field goal with a couple minutes left. Rams just couldn't do anything. They never got their offense running. Basically, all it was was Tom Brady showing everybody that he's the reason why the Patriots are so good and the reason why Tom Brady has six rings is because that he knows how to win and he's proven it over and over again. No matter how good a defense is, no matter how good a team is, you can never hate on the fact that Tom Brady personally and single-handedly can beat a team just with the fact that he knows how to play football. He has a very high IQ about the game of football. He has the people around him that can keep the game close or blow a game open if the Patriots have a lead. Gronk, he did very well. I don't like Gronk, honestly, but he did what he needed to do. Julian Edelman, he did very well. Got Super Bowl MVP. I don't know if he should have, but he did. And the Patriots ended up winning their sixth Super Bowl in the Tom Brady era. Last segment I'm going to talk about today on today's podcast is going to be our girls' basketball team at Frederick High School. They played Meade recently probably one of the better high school games I've seen in a while. It was a close game all the way through halftime. It was like a four-point game. We battled and battled and battled, and I'm very proud of our girls. Came down right to the end. There was 11 seconds left. Down one, 37-38. We were down, and Tori had the ball, was dribbling, double team, pass it to Cadence. Cadence stepped up. Hit a clutch three at the buzzer. Girls ended up beating Meade 40-38. to 38. I was very proud of our girls. I was proud to be one of their supporters at that game. And I was also proud of my rowdy crowd for showing up and supporting the girls through and through. And that's all for this week's podcast of Has Sports. My next podcast will be coming from Florida. I will not be here. So hopefully you guys enjoy and keep hitting that like button. See ya.